Well, good morning, everybody. And that verse right there has been a common theme ever since we've started doing this church live when we can't gather, gather together, ever since we've been struggling with this coronavirus. And that is reminding ourselves that God is with us. And when he tells us he's with us, he also tells us, I am for you. I'm for you. And so um, we've started this series called Tis the Season, and we're talking about the season that we're in with this coronavirus, this COVID-19. And so, um, and today what I want to talk to us about is helping us to remember that God's with us, um, but we keep calling it this new normal. In the new normal, God's with us. Well, if there's a new normal, that means there was an old normal. We had a, we had a normal life. Now all of a sudden we have this new normal that we're living in. Um, but we all know that eventually this is going to be over. That's part of the deal with the season. It's going to have an end. And then we're going to have a future normal. And uh, what I want to talk to us about today is I think most of us are saying, you know what? Um, I don't want to just, when this is over, I don't want to just go back to the way that it was, because I think almost all of us have actually gained some things in this season that we don't want to lose. And we've also definitely lost some things that we can't wait to get back. But in each of those things, we're looking towards the future. So I actually, um, on Facebook this week, I actually threw out a couple, those two questions to people. And I just said, hey, give me some feedback for my message this Sunday. And just let me know, what is something that you've gained during this season that you want to make sure you don't lose? And what are some things you've lost that you want to make sure that you get back? All right? So, very interesting. The number one answer to here's what I've gained during this season, in different ways people said this, but they were basically saying, my relationship actually with God is better. Um, I'm having more time with him. Um, I'm connecting with him. Uh, right on the heels of that was, um, my perspective is changing. There was a, quite a few people who said, I'm finally realizing really that God is in control and I'm finding peace in that. Um, so right after relationship with God that they've gained that they don't want to lose when this is over or this perspective was, uh, I'm also feeling closer to my family. And that is some of us closer to our family here because we're just not quite as busy as we used to be and we're actually spending time together. Um, but also extended family. Well, I know that's been super true for me. One of the best things I've gained from this is I'm Zooming every other week with my dad and my two brothers in Michigan and my sister in Mississippi and, and my sister in North Carolina. And we're like, why were we not doing this before? <laughs> and we definitely don't want to lose that. And then the other one that people have gained is a balanced life. It's like this whole work-life balance, man, it's just better. We're not as busy as we used to be and people don't want to lose that. Well, on the flip side, what have people lost? What have you lost that you can't wait to get back? And it was, <laughs> this one was way more clear, actually. The point blank relationships. I miss seeing people face-to-face, not on a Zoom. And actually, to be honest with you, the one that was right behind that were hugs. (laughs) Over and over and over again, people said, I just want to hug. And then uh, the third one, popular one, was what I've gained or what I've lost that I can't wait to get back is freedom. Just the freedom to go where I want to go, freedom to go to a restaurant, just, just the freedom in life. So it's interesting. I saw an ad yesterday uh, for Facebook Portal. 
which is, a, 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 again, a video service so you can actually be communicating with each other on video. And it said, if you can't be there, feel there. And then at the end, it said this, because when this is over, we'll be closer than ever. When this is over, we'll be closer than ever. Is that true? Because really, I feel like they just nailed what my little survey found out. I'm feeling closer to God than ever. And when this is over, I don't want to lose that. I'm also really missing each other, the people face to face. And when this is over, I want to be in those relationships. So you guys, here's what's interesting. If we, if we can look at this season I, in a fresh way, I think we can see that the season is actually a gift to us. It's a chance to see what we were maybe missing in our normal. <laughs> and so life just, because life just became status quo. And now we realize, wait a second, wait a second. I'm gaining time with God and time with my family. And I don't want to lose that. And I really do miss my friends and my church and hugs. And I can't wait to get back to that. And so the question I just want to challenge you to think about this morning with me is what is your life going to look like when this season ends, when this is over? And so today what I've called this message is it's the season for conviction. I struggled, man. I was trying to find the right word over and over. And then finally near the end of the week, I realized this is actually what's happening. It's a season for conviction. Here's a definition of conviction. When you have a conviction, it's a fixed and firm belief. Or you can use the word conviction when it means that you're being convicted. In other words, you're being convinced of something, particularly an error or a sin. And you say, man, I'm feeling convicted about that. You're being convinced about that. And here's, what I wanna, here's why we're going to talk about this. It's the season for conviction because what actually convinces you controls you. What convinces you controls you. And in this season, there's some convicting that's going on, some convincing. And that's what I want to talk to you about. The normal, in the normal life, we had convictions. In other words, we had firm beliefs, fixed beliefs. And in every, you guys, every action that you do, actually, if you go all the way back, you realize, well, it's because I actually believe something. I have a conviction about something. So you can actually look at that. You can say, well, here's what I did. Here's an action that I took, but I was actually moved to do that because I think certain things, but the reason I think those is because I have a deep conviction about that. And so we were living busy lives, harried lives, crazy lives, because we had a deep conviction. We had the beliefs that this would actually bring me life. And what convinces you controls you. But now we're in a new normal. And I think we're actually being convicted. I think we're actually becoming aware and we're being convinced that that old way, not that everything about that old way wasn't actually that great. And there's some new things that we should be considering. We're actually seeing the error of our ways. Even if that means like, wait a second, I miss these people so much. Why have I not been spending time with them? When this is over, I'm going to. 
Man, this has been so great for me to connect with God. I'm going to change that. And then the future. So the normal, we had convictions. In this new normal, being convicted. And then the future normal. The question is, will we actually be convinced? Will we be convinced? Because what convinces you actually controls you. It will actually control the outcome of the season and how you live the rest of your life. So last week, as I introduced this whole point about seasons, we said, don't miss the point of the season because a seasons help you to realize there's an end. It points to an end. It also points to the fact that there's eternity beyond just this temporal life. It points to the fact that there's a greater purpose in everything that's going on. But then the last one is God does. He says, listen, I make everything beautiful in its time. And the, and the scripture said, and he does this so that you will fear him. Seasons actually point to God. God's actually doing something in seasons in this coronavirus COVID-19 season to help us to get closer to him and to each other. I think he's actually working in this season on our convictions, helping us to realize what our actual fixed firm beliefs are that have been controlling our old life bringing some light to some, and then moving us hopefully into a new one. And he's doing that because what convinces you actually controls you. So I have two, story, two uh, sections of scripture I want to walk us through today. And uh, the first one is a story. It's kind of a popular story in the Bible. Um, I read it uh, last year. And it just, God really just showed me some great truths. And when I thought about the season that we're in, I think this, is, this story illustrates for us how God actually cares about what we're going through, our old normal, our new normal, and our future one. And it's in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. And it's the story of Mary and Martha. And so it just starts off, it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? Like, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all this work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. I love that. Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. Let me just stop right there. This is Martha's normal. This is how she lives her life. She's concerned about many things, man. She's troubled about them. She's anxious about them. And she's doing much serving. She's just super busy. This is what actually matters. And here's what you have. She has convictions, firmed, fixed beliefs, and those, what convinces her is actually controlling her actions. Now, I talked to a few people and there's no way that you can't read this passage and most people do and go, wait, what? what's wrong with serving? Like, what's wrong with actually doing hard work and serving Jesus? And obviously there's nothing wrong with serving. In fact, it is the right and normal thing to do. In another story, when Jesus is in a Pharisee's house and the woman's actually washing his feet with her tears and, and their hair, he actually rebukes the Pharisees because they weren't doing anything for him. 
So, so, so serving's not the issue. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. He says, if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of God, then you serve. So serving isn't the issue here. What Jesus is going after is Martha's heart. He's going into the deeper places. He's going into her fixed and firm beliefs that are controlling her. She's worried and upset about many things. See, he's going into the core about what's important to her. See, Martha's not serving out of joy. <laughs> she's, not, she's not just loving this. So somehow, I, when I read this, I think somehow, I think probably her value or her identity is based on how things are going. And everything has to be right. And her value is there. And it's showing up in this moment. But Jesus is speaking more than just about this moment. He's saying, Martha, you have a, you have a normal way of operating. You have a normal way of life. You are worried and upset about many things. See, not just this moment, many things. Is this being revealed to you by chance in, about your normal? Have, has, has stuff been taken away from you and all of a sudden you're realizing, wow, my life was crazy. Come on, you guys. In, a, in our normal season, you come up to someone and you say, hey, how you doing? The number one answer when you ask someone how they're doing in a normal season of life is what? Busy. I'm so busy. You're worried and upset about many things. You got so much stuff going on. And so Jesus goes into this and Martha says, I love you. He goes, she goes, but don't you care, Jesus? Don't you care? Look how busy I am. And he goes, no. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't. I don't care about what you actually care about. And so then Jesus moves her to the new normal. Now he's going to come in. He's going to start to shine light. He's going to actually start to convince her, convict her, convince her that there's something wrong. There's an error in her way. And so he says, you are worried and upset about many things, Martha, but only one thing is necessary. And Martha has chosen the good part. Okay, think about this with your own life. You are worried and upset about many things. That's your old normal. But only one thing is necessary. You guys, I, I think this is exactly what's going on right now. I think Jesus is trying to take this season for us and going, hey, there's only one thing that's actually necessary. Again, Marth, Mary has chosen the good part. It's not that serving isn't right. It isn't that our activities are wrong at all. Serving's a good thing. But Martha, you're missing the point. And I want to help you see that. I want to convince you of the error of your heart. There's another place in Matthew 6 where Jesus says this. He goes, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more than clothes? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? So do not worry 
saying, what should we eat or what should we drink or what should we wear? And then he says, for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. See, all these things and so much of our worries right now in this season are about those things and they're legitimate, necessary things, important things. Health is important. Jobs are important. Our finances are important. Our relationships are important. But in the midst of all this, he goes, don't worry. Don't run after all these things. Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. And then Jesus says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. That's the new normal. That's Jesus trying to convince us, to convict us during this season. Hey guys, are you noticing something here? You're missing, you're enjoying, many of us are enjoying the fact that our relationship with God is starting to get to the center. It's, we're getting focused on him. Seek first my kingdom. And we're realizing, wow, my relationships really are what matters most to me. Seek first his kingdom. I think he's trying to convince us of that during this season. And then Jesus offers the future normal to Martha. He says, hey, Martha, be convinced of this. And here's how I think he says it. He goes, Mary, he tells her, Mary has chosen the good part and it will not be taken from her. See, the season has offered us a gift. Our eyes have been opened to what actually is the good part. My relationship with God and my relationship with other people. But will we be actually convinced of that? So that when this is over, we're not going to go right back to the many things. Because if we can get convinced of this, that our relationship with God and our relationship with each other, our love for God and love for others is really the most important thing. If we can be convinced of that, if that can become our conviction, if that can become our firm belief, a fixed belief, then what convinces us will control us and we'll go into our future normal and it will be better than the one that we came out of. I think that's what God is offering us during this season. So as I was thinking about this through this week, and then day after day, I just had another passage that just kept popping into my head. And I'm just going to run through it again because I think it's another just an example, again, where Jesus is just doing this. He's, he's looking at our normal. <clears throat> he's offering us a new normal and that we can actually be convinced of, convicted of, so our future's better. It's in Revelation chapter 2. And in this passage, um, Jesus is actually talking to the church in Ephesus. So in chapter 2 and chapter 3 of Revelation, the book of Revelation, um, Jesus actually addresses the churches. I couldn't help but think about this one for us in this season. Chapter 2, verse 1, here's what he says. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands. This is Jesus, who's over all of things. Look what he says in verse two. I know all the things that you do. 
So he's going to Ephesus in this church. He's going, man, I know. Guess what, man? I know you guys are busy. I know you're doing lots of things. I know you're normal. And so I know what your deep convictions are. You're fixed in firm beliefs because what you're convinced of is actually controlling you. And what's interesting is none of them are bad. It's kind of like Martha. Her serving wasn't bad. She just, she just was in the air and she just needed Jesus to kind of help her to get back into what really actually matters. So she's not worried and troubled. Well, the same thing here. Look at this, what this church is doing. I know all that you do, he says. And then he goes, I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You've examined the claims of those who say they are apostles, but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Come on, man. I, I, guess, I, I look at that and I go, wow, they work hard. They, they're patiently enduring. They're suffering that's going on and they're not giving up on Jesus. They don't tolerate stuff that's evil. They, they, they actually care about the truth. These are all really good things. Most of you, I think, look at your normal. I do. I think I usually look at my normal and go, man, it's not bad. The, the, the life I'm living isn't bad. I mean, I'm working hard. I'm working out. I'm running kids around. I've got lots of activities. I've got lots of church things. But if I look at my schedule, it's, that's why it's so hard because what do I get rid of? Because all these things are like good things and my life is full. And then Jesus says this though. So he goes, I know all the things you do. And I, he lists them off. And then he says this but I have this complaint against you. Interesting. Super busy. That's my normal. Okay. I have this complaint against you. So what Jesus is saying is to this church and to us, he goes, I have a new normal for you. I want to convict you. I want to convince you of the error in your busyness. And here's what he says. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. I see, I see everything you're doing. It's not bad. You're super busy. But here's your air. You don't love me. And you don't love each other. Like you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Man, when I re read that, I'm just like, I think that's what God is doing in this season for us. He's saying there's so many things you guys are involved in. Maybe some aren't good, but I just want to talk to you about your busyness. The things that matter most to you. And then you end up getting worried and troubled about many things. And then all of a sudden they get taken away, like this virus took them away. And then you realize, oh my gosh, they were super important to me. So now I'm really worried and I'm really troubled. And so Jesus goes, listen, I, I just want to come in. I, this is the great thing about God. He just loves us, you guys. And he loves you in this moment. He loves the church at Ephesus. And he says, listen, I have this complaint against you. I need to convict you, convince you of your error. You don't love me. And you don't love each other. So I, I tell you, when I, when I think, some of us, we can, what's happening right now in light of the responses, I think some of us are going, man, I was missing love for God. And I realize that now. Or I realize now even more how much I need him. Like I, I, that's a gift, you guys. And then some of us are going, man, I realize now I was missing love for others. 
And I, I am so guilty of this, you guys, where I, in my heart, I actually will feel, it's like, it's not that I feel hatred for other people. I actually feel love for them. But love is a verb. It's an action. I mean, you can have sentiment towards God. You can have sentiment towards people, but it's the actions. <laughs> it's, it's what you actually do. And I think that's where we can realize like, man, because some of you will say, man, I really love my husband. I really love my wife. Or you can say, man, I really love my kids. But now that you're actually with them, you look at your old life and you go, what was I doing? Because <laughs> now I realize I was missing love for them. Or we're just saying, I realize even more <laughs> how much I love people and I need to be with them. You guys, this is why Jesus just said in Matthew 23, or I'm sorry, 22, verse 37, he says, right? We know this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Remember what Jesus said? <laughs> he goes, hey, listen, I know you're worried about all these things. What am I gonna eat? What am I gonna drink? What am I gonna wear? He goes, don't run after those things. Seek first the kingdom of God, the relationship with God. It's the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You guys, all the law and all the commandments hang on these two things. And I know we talk about this, but come on. This season is helping you and me realize the reality of our convictions. And I think some of us are realizing, wow, my fixed and firm belief was that my busyness and my activities and my pursuits of things, I thought that was going to give me my life. And now during this season, God's going, I want to convict you of that error. It's actually love for me and love for others. That's the most important thing. You guys remember that, right? We're in the scripture as well, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, man, you can, you can speak with the tongue of men of angels, but if you don't have love, it's just a clanging gong. You can have faith that can move a mountain, <laughs> but if you don't have love, it's nothing. You can give away everything to the poor. See, you can do all these things, and yet he says, but without love, it's nothing. And even in this message to the church, Jesus is saying, let me show you your normal. You're super busy with lots of stuff and things. And I have this complaint. I want to give you a conviction. It's a season for conviction. I'm going to convince you. Love me and love others. And that's actually your life. Because what convinces you controls you. So there can be a new normal, and that's the good news. There can be a new normal, but we have to be convinced. Otherwise, when this virus is over and when the season is over, we're going to slip right back in to the way it used to be. And we will miss the beauty and the gift that God has given us during the season. Okay? So, the new normal. Be convinced because what convinces you controls you. Be convinced that love is the greatest thing. Without it, we're nothing. It's the first and greatest command. So what does Jesus say to these churches, to this church in Ephesus, after he reveals this to them? He simply says this, turn back to me and do the works 
you did at first. Turn back to me. The word is actually repent. And repent at its core means change your mind. Change your mind. See, in the normal, you had convictions, deep-seated, fixed, firm beliefs. But they were after things. So change your mind. Be convinced that loving God and loving each other is way more important than the pursuit of the things. Repent, change, and turn back to me, Jesus is saying. Because that's what I've asked you to do. That's the greatest thing I ask. It's my one command to you is that you love one another. And then do the works you did at first. So, what do we change, you guys? How can we take advantage of this season? What can we be convinced of so that they'll be deep-seated in us and they'll control how we live our future normal? Well, the first thing he said, right, is seek first his kingdom. Be devoted to him. Be devoted to him in our time, in our resources, in our energy. And then do the works you did at first. So actually, actually, let me just, let me just give you some point blank application. And I really would I, would, I would encourage every one of you, actually do these things. Here's the first one. Do the exercise of actually answering those two questions today. Like when this is over, if you're sitting with your family, do it together as a family. And ask you guys, ask yourself or the group, the community that you're in with right now, what is the things we've gained that we don't want to lose? Talk with your spouse, talk with your roommates. Zoom somebody and talk it over. What have you gained that you don't want to lose? And then write them down and look at them and be committed to those things. And then second thing is what have you lost that you can't wait to get back? What are the things you lost? That when this is over, we're going to do this. We're going to change the, what our normal was into a much better future normal. So do the exercise today. I, I, I really believe it'll be super helpful for you to see what you're actually convinced of. And then <laughs> be convinced that love is the good part. Martha, I see you're worried and troubled about many things, but only one thing is necessary. What was Jesus saying? He goes, Mary's hanging out with me. We're in relationship. She's not missing me. And that means I get to love her and speak into her and encourage her and pour grace and strength and love and joy and peace. You guys, make sure that in this season, you become convinced that this relationship with God, being loved by him, loving him, is the most important thing. And then, if that is, if loving him first is being devoted to him. What, do, what does devotion look like? Well, I think what we're realizing is whatever you're devoted to, you guys, you give your time to it, you give your resources to it, and you give your energy to it. And that's just truth. I, it's just true. Whatever you love first, it gets your time. 
And I, th- I think we realized during the season, God is shining a light. He's helping us to see. I love how he said that. Look how far you've fallen from just this intimate love with me. So what do we change? Well, one of the things we change now is our time with him. Some of us, man, I, I'll be honest with you. My life actually isn't like the work day is equally, if not more intense as it used to be. But I will say my evenings... <laughs> which were running kids all over the place, are way more chill. And actually, my mornings are longer because normally I had to get up super early with my kids uh, for school. But now I don't have to. Man, I am having incredible time with Jesus every morning. You guys, I think you probably have a season to say, hey, where Jesus is going, let me, here's my complaint. You don't love me like you did at first. And if you feel convinced about that in your own heart, if you've, if you've realized that, man, this is a season where I can actually get closer to God, then spend time with him. Do it. Get up in the morning. Make sure you have this time of receiving the service that we offer you. Join the worship night during 6.30 or the devotional I offer on 6.30. Spend time with him. Get in a life together group. Get connected if you're not with people. And if you are in your group, don't miss that time. Because what you love first, what you seek first, gets your time first. And this is a season to do that with God. And then our resources, it just is true. This is point blank true. Whatever you love, whoever you love gets your resources. And so that's why this is a great time. Again, where God would just say to us, man, if you, if you really love me, if I'm first in your life, then are your resources showing that? And by the way, I, again, just thank you so much to, the, it's amazing the faithful giving that you guys have been doing through this, this COVID-19 season. Thank you for that. Jump in on this, you guys. Make God first and it'll show in your resources. And then also in your energy, <laughs> just, just your energy. Like what you think about, what do you think about? What do, you, what do you spend time here? Because what you think about actually affects how you feel. That's why we have to set our minds on things. And I, I just know that I want, if I love God and I love him first, that he's not only going to get my time and my resources, but he's going to get my energy. He's going to get the best part of me. And that's what many of us are saying. I'm realizing during this season, I've gotten closer to God. Don't lose that. Be convinced that loving him and being loved by him is the best thing. And then Jesus said, and if you love me, if you love me, obey my commands. And here's my command. Love each other. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor. Love each other. So you guys, what do you do? What's your application in this season? Then take advantage now, right now of any opportunity you have with your family. I'm I'm telling you guys, if you are married, if you have kids, right now, I know some of you are like going, they're with me all the time. I know, it's intense, it's crazy. But man, we've had to sit down just numerous times and just talk with each other and just go, man, you guys, this is a, we're not, we're not going to have this ever again. My kids are 15, 17, and 19. They're getting ready to move out. And we're like, we don't want to miss this opportunity. 
So have those conversations. Again, an application is sit down with the people in your life and go, how can we take advantage of this season now and bind ourselves together, spend time with each other, spend resource with each other, give, give each other your energy. And then I would say become convinced of that Make it a fixed belief so that you actually start making plans in the future. Okay, now what are we going to (laughs) do when the soccer games kick back in and when jobs kick back in and and when everybody's going to be running all over the place again? What do we do? What can we set in place now? What can we change? What can we repent of? What can we change in our mind which will change how we act? And I just want to tell you guys... um, whether it's your extended family that you're loving better now, whether it's your friends that you're just realizing, I miss them so much. And man, when this is over, I am going to be committed (laughs) to spending time with them. I'm not going to take advantage or miss the opportunity that was there before. I'm going to take it now. And I'm going to be ready when this thing's over. Whatever it is, you guys, do it now. This is your season. It's a season of conviction. And I think God's convincing us that love's the most important thing. So as the band comes up to close us out, um, I immediately as well thought of this song that I really wanted to do at the end of the service today. Um, It's a classic hymn that also will have some chorus into it, but it simply says, take my life, God, take my life and let it be consecrated Lord, to thee. You know what's interesting? I actually looked up the word devotion this week because it's like, what am I devoted to? Because that's what I love. That's what's first to me. (laughs) Did you guys know that the, if you look at the word devoted, it comes from the Latin word that means consecrated. It means everything else is pushed aside and this, I'm consecrated, I'm set apart unto this. And this is what I'm devoted to. And so this song just is, here's a chance for you now to say, hey God, I'm not gonna miss this season. I'm not gonna miss this season of conviction. I see how you've shown me the error of my old ways, how things or busyness or whatever it was were capturing me. And I'm going to ask you right now, consecrate me, Lord, to you Make me, help me by your Holy Spirit to be devoted to you, to be devoted to love you, to be devoted to love my family and my friends and the church, my coworkers. God, consecrate me. Take my moments and take my days. Take them, God. I want to learn what you're teaching me because I believe that you're convicting me. And if whatever convinces me, is going to control me. All right? So take this moment, worship him, make this a commitment from your heart to him that you want to change this season.